On the back panel of your bulletin, you'll find an outline. You may find it helpful to follow along with the message this morning. Life is either a daring adventure or it is nothing at all. Now, those words ring true regardless of who said them. But when you realize that those words were first spoken by Helen Keller, a blind, deaf girl who became an inspiration to the world, then those words take on even more meaning. Life is either a daring adventure or it is nothing at all. Or to paraphrase Helen Keller, we can put it this way. The life of perpetual safety and security is no life at all. And yet each one of us faces this gravitational pull toward away from adventurous faith, daring adventure. We feel this gravitational pull toward the known, toward the comfortable, toward the safe. Just think about the name of the number one selling chair in America. Lazy Boy, right? It's not Adventure Boy or Risky Boy, it's Lazy Boy, right? But we also know that just like a ship, a ship was not built to remain and spend all of its days in a harbor, so too we were not made by God, designed by God to spend all of our days in the safety and security of the known. Instead, God has called us to move out, to venture out in faith into the unknown as we follow hard after Jesus. We follow him wherever he leads, and many times it's in places that are unknown and not always so safe or secure for us. God hasn't called us to live cautiously, timidly, or defensively. Instead, he has called us to live courageously in this world, to live a life of daring faith. So far in this message series entitled Daring Faith, we have seen what faith looks like, that what happens when we have faith. And one of the things that happens is that we are given eyes to see, spiritual eyes, so that we look at the world differently than before. And something else that happens when we have faith is that we are now willing to take risks with the things God has given us as we invest them in his kingdom, in his growing kingdom. We talked about that last week. And this morning, we want to focus on the supernatural walk of faith, the supernatural walk of faith, where we move forward in spite of our circumstances, trusting in God. We are willing then to leave the safety of the harbor and sometimes even the safety of the boat as we are empowered by God to do extraordinary things. And we see a beautiful example, a biblical example of this in the life of the Apostle Peter and his amazing story that we find in Matthew chapter 14. So I invite you to take out your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 14. It's found on page 749 in the church Bibles, 749, and we see uh, in verses 22 
through 33, Peter's daring adventure out on the water. He has this daring adventure out on the water. Matthew 14, beginning with verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. When he saw the wind and was afraid, but but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. First of all, we notice Peter's fear-inducing circumstances. That Peter finds himself in circumstances that would produce or induce fear. Shortly after feeding the 5,000, Jesus dismisses the crowds And then he dispatches his disciples down to the Sea of Galilee. And there he asked them to row across this inland lake to the other side, and he would meet them the next morning on the other side. Meanwhile, Jesus goes around by land on the other side, and he climbs up on a hillside to spend some time alone in prayer with his Father. During the course of the night, an intense storm strikes the region. The size of the waves and the strength of the wind was so great that it created a crisis for Peter and the other disciples. Now, try to imagine the scene. It's about 4 a.m., pitch dark, lightning flashing, winds howling, miles from the shoreline. Their boat has been battered for hours and hours by the waves. And these experienced fishermen were cold and wet and exhausted. And suddenly, as they look out into the distance, they see some ghost-like figure coming toward them. And so what do these rugged fishermen do? They scream, right? They figure it's a ghost. They don't know what to do. They want to run and hide. But of course, as that figure draws closer, they are able to hear the voice of Jesus above the howling wind, saying to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Next we see Peter's walk of faith. His walk of faith. Under these kinds of stressful and distressful circumstances, Peter chooses to exercise faith, daring faith, if you will. And so he turns to Jesus and he says, if that is you, Lord... Tell me to come to you out on the water. 
Now, it would have been prideful and presumptuous on Peter's part if he would have seen Jesus out there and just decided, well, I'm going to get out of the boat and walk to him on my own. Would have been foolish, prideful, presumptuous. And if after asking Jesus, you know, whether he can come, if Jesus would have said, no, stay, my guess is that Peter would have stayed in the boat. But instead, Jesus says, come. So Peter exercises daring faith. In response to that call, he throws one leg over the side of the boat and then another leg. His friends think he's absolutely crazy. But then he continues by letting go of the boat. And amazingly, he doesn't sink. Instead, he finds himself standing on top of the water. And he begins to take some steps toward Jesus. Now, what a rush of adrenaline must have flowed through Peter in that moment. What a thrill. Peter is able to do something that he had never thought he could possibly do. Remaining on top of the water, literally walking on the rolling waves, doing exactly what Jesus was doing, walking on water. Those of us who have exercised faith have probably, if if we had a mic, we could share some stories about those times where you exercised faith. You got out of the boat, and, and there was fear, but there was also trust. And suddenly you see God empowering you to do something that you never thought possible. And you're amazed. That was Peter's experience, doing exactly what Jesus did. Next, we see, Peter's, we see that his faith begins to waver. Right? Peter's faith starts to waver. See, everything goes along fine as long as Peter stays focused. As long as he, he kept his eyes locked on Jesus, he stayed above the water. But then he begins to notice the winds and the waves all around him, and he panics. And he begins to sink. You see, keeping his eyes on Jesus was the cue was the key. When he took his eyes off Jesus, then he lost faith, he lost perspective, and he even lost altitude as he begins to sink into the abyss. And so before he goes all the way under, he cries out a very brief but powerful prayer, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus is there by his side, reaches out his hand, lifts him up on top of the water once again. Now before they make it back to the boat, Jesus turns to Peter. And Jesus offers him some very important words. Now in our English translation, it goes like this, O you of little faith. But in the original Greek, it was only one word, little faith. That's the exact translation, little faith. Jesus uses it as kind of a a title or a nickname. Little faith, why do you doubt? Why did you let your faith waver? Now, lest we be too quick to criticize Peter at this point, it's important to remember a few key things. First of all, daring faith needs, uh, is most needed when life gets difficult, right? You don't need daring faith when it's blue sky and calm waters. Daring faith is most needed when life is difficult, and yet that's also when it is often in short supply. 
And secondly, it's important to remember that little faith is better than no faith at all. Which is exactly what the other 11 disciples demonstrated. So rather than criticizing Peter at this point, he he deserves some credit because he was the only one who was willing to display enough courage and enough faith to get out of the boat and try to walk on water. Yes, Peter did momentarily fail. But I would contend that those other 11 disciples failed even more. By refusing to get out of the boat, they failed to follow Jesus' example of walking on water, and they failed to risk anything for his sake. Only Peter, he's the only disciple that knew the thrill of walking on water, doing something that no other human being in history had ever done before other than Jesus. And I'm sure that he carried uh, with, that, with him, he carried that memory with him all the way to his grave. After all, walking on water is not something that you soon forget. Finally, in our story, we see Peter's faith restored. Right? He has faith, kind of sinks, and then it comes back again. It's restored. After this teachable moment out there on the water, I'm sure that Peter stayed very close to Jesus the rest of the way as they walked back to the boat together through the storm. Storm was still raging, but Peter stayed afloat this time. And once inside the boat, then we read that the winds died down and the storm blew over. And we read that Peter and the other disciples worshipped their master, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Secondly, this morning, we want to highlight some key lessons that we can learn from Peter's daring adventure out on the water. There are some lessons that we can learn for us today from this story. Lesson number one, faith is not, faith is not just a means of salvation, it is also a way of life. So it's not just a way or a means of salvation, it's also a way of life. The clear teaching of Scripture is that the only way that we can be made right with God, the only way that we can have our sins forgiven, the only way that we can secure eternal life is through faith in Jesus Christ and in his atoning work on the cross. But we would be mistaken if we think that faith stops there by simply believing in Jesus as Savior and Lord. Faith doesn't stop just there. You see, our eternal salvation should also mean that we are so secure in the love of God, that our identity is so firmly rooted in Jesus Christ, that we now have nothing to fear, that we now can live courageously in this world. We don't have to fear the most important thing being taken away from us. We don't have to play it safe all the time anymore. Instead, we can now get out of the boat, trusting that God will hold us up as we go through the storms of life with him. And so we can now become daring, faith-filled risk-takers for Jesus Christ, finding our joy, finding our purpose in what Jesus is doing in this world and then joining him in it. That's what Peter did, right? He saw what Jesus was doing, walking on water, and then he joined Jesus. That's what we are called to do. Throwing ourselves 
overboard, if you will, throwing ourselves wholeheartedly into Jesus and into his cause and into his kingdom. Friends, if you are unwilling to step out of your comfort zone, if you are unwilling to take a chance on Jesus Christ, then you will never know or never discover what living by faith is all about. And you will never experience the thrill of walking on water, of seeing God use you, seeing God display his power in your life and through your life. It's an amazing thing when you see it happen. But it requires faith. Lesson number two. You cannot, your faith, your faith causes growth, okay? Your faith, let me try that again, okay? Your faith cannot grow without risk, okay? In order for your faith to grow, it's going to require risk. And you cannot risk without occasional failure. There will be times in which as you're risking, as you're venturing out in faith, that you will fail, that you will fall. If we go back to this story, it looks like on the surface that the safest place to be is in the boat. The waters are rough, the waves are high, the winds are strong. So we want to be inside the boat. But where was Jesus? He was not in the boat, but he was out on the water. And so the irony of the story is that by obeying the master's call, by obeying his command, Peter was actually safer out on the water with Jesus than he would have been in the boat without Jesus. And with each step that he takes out on the water, his faith, his confidence in Jesus grows. Friends, if you choose to get out of the boat, whatever that boat might be for you, if you choose to get out of the boat, there is a very real possibility that you might sink, that you might fail. But of course, the alternative of not getting out of the boat is a life of comfortable coasting, a life of aimlessly floating through life, living without any divine direction, any divine empowerment upon your life, making very little difference or having very little impact, just aimlessly drifting through life. The reality is that there are many people today who are living by the motto to keep from failing or to keep from looking foolish, don't even try. I'm not even going to try because I might fail or I might look foolish. And there are these people who start to think that life is really about, it's kind of this game of who can make the least mistakes rather than who can do the most good. Yet Jesus sets us free from that, right? He sets us free from the bondage of perfectionism and from the fear of failure. He calls us to get out of the boat and to trust in him. And he wants us to take that step of faith, believing that he will hold us up. And he calls us to get out of the boat, even though he knows that at times, like Peter, we're going to fail. But that's okay. Because he's going to be right there, by our side, to lift us up. And he knows that only when we try is how our faith grows. Only when we exercise faith does it grow. It's been said that the person who succeeds in life 
is not the person who holds back fearing failure, nor the person who never fails, but the person who succeeds is the person who moves on in spite of failure. Now, there is always a risk in saying yes to God, but I would contend that there's even a greater risk in saying no to him. The risk of disappointing and disobeying God. The risk of never reaching our full redemptive potential. The risk of going to our grave, having played it safe. Going to our grave, living, having lived a bland and mediocre life within the boat. Never reaching our full potential when so much more was possible for us. Lesson number three. When in doubt, focus not on the problem, but on the problem solver. When your faith begins to waver, (laughs) when you have doubts, learn to focus not on your problem, but on the problem solver. You see, when Peter stepped out of the boat, his eyes were locked on Jesus. And because of that, he was able to do the impossible. He was empowered by God to do what was highly unlikely. But when Peter's attention shifts away from Jesus, when he begins to focus on the winds and the waves around him, that's when fear sets in, and that's when he begins to sink. And that's what fear does. Fear brings us down. The point is this. Whether you sink or whether you swim, whether you wallow or whether you walk triumphantly, courageously through life, is really dependent on the, fo- on the direction, your focus. It, it, it's dependent upon where your attention is directed. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the problem or on the problem solver? Are you fixing your eyes on the storm or on the Lord of the storm? One of life's most uh, important lessons is often learned the hard way. And the lesson is simply this, that the storm will overwhelm you every time. The storm is bigger than we are. It just is. And we like to think that we can manage and handle it on our own, but the storm will ultimately overwhelm you. And so if I focus on the problems, the hurdles that have to be across or overcome, the efforts and energy it's going to take to deal with this challenge, I easily and quickly go under. But if I fix my eyes on Jesus, on his power and his presence in my life, if I entrust myself and my future to him, that's when I know, deep within, that I'll be okay. Because I can now no longer have to live underneath the circumstances. I am able to live above the circumstances of life, by faith. Now, in researching this message, I came across uh, this fitting definition of faith, that faith equals concentration on Jesus. It equals concentration on That's what Peter found out. As long as he stayed focused and concentrated on Jesus, he was okay. So we need to stay focused on him no matter what the outward circumstances are in our lives. Philippians 4 verse 13 has become a favorite verse of mine. In fact, I have kind of a marble stone 
sitting on my shelf in my office, and engraved on that stone are these words. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now that verse doesn't mean that in Christ I have now suddenly become omnicompetent. But it does mean that in Christ I can now face anything that comes my way. Anything that comes my way. As long as I keep my eyes fixed and focused on him. The final lesson that we can glean from this story is that if you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. It's kind of obvious, but oftentimes we miss the obvious. If you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. See, Jesus is still looking for people who are willing to get out of the boat, people who are willing to take a risk in obedience and response to his call. Now let me clarify this. Jesus is not looking for bungee cord jumping, skydiving, hang gliding, daredevils. Okay? But what he is looking for is he's looking for people who are willing to lay it on the line for him. People who are all in and will go all out for his cause. So let me ask you, what boat is Jesus asking you to get out of this morning, this week? What boat is he asking you to get out of? For some of you, it might mean getting involved in a new form of ministry. It might be a calling to serve or to give or to lead or to teach in a way that you haven't ever done before. And you've been holding back for fear of failure, for fear of looking foolish. But Jesus says, trust me, I will hold you up. For some of you, it might be a call to go to a deeper level of community. A deeper level of community than you ever have before. It might mean uh, to be more open and more honest and more vulnerable with a friend. It might mean making a commitment to a local body of believers by joining, you know, a church or joining a small group. For still others, the call of Jesus might mean for you to cross the line of faith for the very first time. You've been learning about Jesus and what he has done for you on the cross, but you've been holding back. And now Jesus comes to you this morning and he says, I'm out on the water and I want you to come to me. You've been holding out too long in that boat of indecision. Trust me with your life. Trust me with your future. I will not disappoint you. Now, many people today are holding back because in the back of their mind, they're thinking, if I get out of the boat, I might sink. And the answer is simply this. Even so, even if you do, you will be okay. You will be okay. Because Jesus is right there by your side. And he will lift you up once again. Getting out of the boat isn't easy. And it doesn't guarantee a smooth ride. But it is the only way to walk on water. It's the only way to experience the miraculous. Only when you get out of the boat 
Only then will you know the sheer exhilaration of doing the improbable and sometimes even the impossible in the power of God. Friends, don't settle for life inside the boat. You don't, have, you don't want to get to the end of your life and then look back and say, what if I had gotten out of the boat? What if I had trusted Jesus fully and completely? Know this, that when you say yes to Jesus' call on your life, extraordinary things will happen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for this familiar story that really challenges us to put our faith wholly and completely in you. Lord, there are so many things in life uh, that, that cause us t- for our faith to waver, for us to uh, stumble and fall, and, and yet, Lord, we are thankful that even when we do, we know that we will be okay because you are right there by our side. You are there to lift us up once again. So, Lord, we believe, help our unbelief. Help those times when we, we don't trust you enough. Lord, help us to venture out uh, on that daring adventure and, and that, that journey of faith uh, as we follow you into uh, that unknown future, knowing, Lord, that you have some extraordinary things in store for us. Thank you again for your amazing grace. In Jesus' name. Amen.